0: And welcome to Pig Ignorant Gamers number eleven, take two. <laughs> so me, Dave, and Mark uh, recorded one a couple of weeks ago, and then I got around to editing it last week and discovered that it didn't exist. It had it somehow never recorded, despite the fact that it showed that it recorded. It was literally two and a half hours long, um, and uh, nothing. It was the best one we'd ever done. It wasn't. It was. It was pretty bad. <laughs> there, I remember there being a good penis-related discussion in it. But I can't remember what it is, so unfortunately, that that classic is lost to the annals of history. But maybe it will come again through discussing these games. That maybe I'm some... sure penises will come up again. Generally speaking, they do. Um, uh, so anyway, uh, so it's just uh, just me, Graham Goring, and me, Dave Williamson. Yeah, no, we got no mark. Mark is too good for us. Um, basically, he uh, he's busy working on his game Titan Souls um, because he needs to get it ready for release in about. Or whatever. I don't know if we can mention release dates, but never mind, we already have. Um he needs Oops. Get... <laughs> fuck. <laughs> fuck it. Well he's not coming out then. I guess I guess that's when he needs to get it done by, but obviously there's you know, it's it's coming out this year, can we say that? We just did, doesn't matter. Um probably. The indie games don't take too long, unless they're hotline Mami 2, that's been taking fucking ages. Um Anyway, the point is he's too busy to to join us again for the uh, redux of the podcast and to be honest he, he barely said anything last time it was just it was mostly you yammering on and me yammering on yes. so yeah apart from the dark souls 2 bit he joined in on that so obviously the dark souls 2 bit will be somewhat shorter uh, than planned <laughs> um yeah so it's it's quite spectacularly off the rails this podcast has gone on this occasion uh, anyway, so we'll kick things off by talking about um, uh, IGF and, and GDC, because I didn't go there, but Dave did. Yes, I did. And yes. uh, your favourite game at IGF was called what? Mushroom 11. What's that, Dave? Tell me all about it. Uh, it's it's a side-on 2D physics game. Yes. Um, what You said that in a querulous manner, as if to say, "It's one, is it one of these? But you know for a fact that it is. Yes, yes, it is. Say so, yeah. say with determination. I want to hear that again, and I, I want you to mean it. It's a side-on two D physics game. You should do the voice acting for your own games. It's got to be better than the one that's no. on the, the Heartforth Felicia Kickstarter, which I'll play a clip of later. It's really bad. <laughs> um, so it's a side-on two uh, D physics game, but it's got some sort of it's got some kind of unique hook to it a bit, hasn't it? Yeah, you you play a, a giant mold or fungus. Hmm. I think from that's where the name comes from. I think. That makes it fungus, I would say. Yes. Yeah. Um, but all you can do with it is destroy bits of it. Mm. And um, <clears throat> once you destroy a bit of it, it regrows that amount somewhere else on the uh, body of it. Yeah. And so so effectively, if it was like a circle, if you sort of destroyed the left part of it, it would naturally tend to roll to the right. Uh, yes. And so, so and yes. also, literally, you'll sort of carve little hooks in it, and they will hook onto things. Yes. Yes. And, and just generally, uh, carving away bits will make... Um, it grow the bits on the other side. So you can kind of move it along that way. Yeah. So... Um, what happens if you delete the whole thing? Does it die? Yeah, you you go back to the checkpoint. Oh, don't do that then, Dave. Well, no, sometimes you do. If you get stuck, then you, oh, okay. you just so you delete just, the whole thing. That seems like quite a satisfying way to finish the game. Oh, fuck you, Mushroom <laughs> <Yeah>. 11. <laughs> and then you just go... And, and the checkpoints aren't usually that far back. Okay, yeah. that's cool. Although I did play a, quite an unfinished version, so... Right. Uh, how much changes it from that, I don't know. But you, I mean, you... Pretty much completed it, didn't you? Uh, What he had there, yeah. I played all of it apart from the one last uh, puzzle, which I, after about two hours of taking up his stand at GDC, I thought, I better move on. And then he completed it in like two seconds, the last puzzle. Right. So I, I did see the whole thing. That's that what, I mean that's there. a pretty good result. That you know you play it must be f- fairly addictive if you played it for that. Oh level. yeah, I, I really liked it. Yes, okay. Mike. My, my, I love physics games though. So. Did you have more than one demo pod there, or are you were literally hogging all? of you? I hogged the whole thing. Yes. You shitty bastard. <laughs> Even when people people were coming watching for a bit and then leaving, I don't know if they wanted to play it, but it was tough. Well, if anything, you've kind of built up the the kind of sense of oh, I want to see that because <laughs> I find I find when a demo of a game comes out that I'll play it and I'll be like, well, look, I've kind of done that game now. But if I just see footage of it, then am like, well, now I need to play that. Yeah. I, I think demos, uh, there's a lot of people who, uh, I think, agree with this, the idea that demos are actually harmful for sales compared to a video that just teases. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, so that was good. Anything else about it? Because well, we've got to rattle through this shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's, that's pretty much it. I don't want to spoil any of the puzzles, but people should definitely check it out. Like, How would you spoil a puzzle? Oh, there's a bit where there's a thing that looks like a thing, and then you do it. How would you spoil a puzzle in that? <laughs> I By, don't via know, the gift of But voice. we usually spoil everything. So. That's, that's true. Spoil ourselves with sausages. <laughs> um, although I've had less today, because I gave myself food poisoning with them a couple of nights ago, uh, like an idiot. Uh, I don't recommend eating expired sausages that you may not have cooked for long enough. It's uh, it's just like a double whammy of stupidity. <laughs> um Cool, but there was also at the IGF, uh, or not rather at GDC, there was something Alt Control GDC. What What's that then? Yeah, that was my other highlight of the actual expo floor, and it was um, a collection of games that were controlled with um, either homemade or unusual controllers. Right. Um, so like, there was ones that people had made. Like there was one that was um, it was about eight sliders. And he'd use that, and you could configure the sliders however you wanted, and things like that. Mm. So there was various ones, um, but my highlight of of, of that itself was um, something called the choosertron. Oh right, yes. Now I've seen this as well. This was at a fantastic arcade uh, last year. He said in a really rather rehearsed sounding <laughs> manner. <laughs> that sounded it's like really wanky. Oh yeah, I think I think I'm familiar with that. Let me just uh, dredge up those memories that I weren't we weren't talking about five minutes before the podcast. Um, <laughs> but that's that's basically choose your own adventure, isn't it? Uh, yes, but on a till roll, one yeah. of those heat, heat activated till rolls. So, so the idea is that you, you 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 play your game and then you can take it away with you. Yeah, you just tear it off at the end and take it away, which, which is really charming. But you had you had an idea for an improvement upon it. Why don't you tell us about that? Well, I don't know if it was an improvement, but I the, the thing I noted was your um, choices because the, only the print roll is the only way it can communicate to you. Mm. So the choices you have are printed on the print roll. Yeah. Um, so And that seemed to break up the story. So if there was a display where it would show you just your options, not the story itself, mm. just your options, so that when you chose, it would just carry on as one complete story. Mm. So when you took it away at the end, you'd just have one story. Yeah. That seems like an improvement. And frankly, the person who invented it is a dick for not implementing that. <laughs> I think... I mean, part of the reason was, I think, actually, because he wanted people to sort of be able to build their own, and because there is also yeah, and I'd, I'd lovely... I did actually mention it to him, and he said, "Well, the gimmick of it is, is it's just a, a receipt roll." Mm. I mean, if you had the screen, you might as well put the story on the screen and things like that, which which is fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I suppose, I suppose in that way, you've got a reminder of what what choices you didn't take, and therefore, can you wonder where the story may have and, gone and shows shows your failures. <laughs> yeah, so so really, your idea was terrible. <laughs> That's what we're going, they usually are. going to take away from it. But there was another thing, uh, another alt control thing we're going to mention a bit later, actually, But what, which is Orbitalis, Was that at GDC, though? Uh, yes, yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, well, we, are... With his controller that was at left field. So. Okay, well, well, we'll cover that in a later section. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Do that, yeah. Um, so, uh, talking about general games, um, if unless there was anything else in the alt control? I, there was plenty of stuff, but <laughs> yeah, well, as we've we... already done it once. Oh, it's <laughs> this the The look of just death on our faces having <laughs> to do this shit twice, um yeah and and Dave has to go and buy a Reese's Easter egg, so you know that we time it, time shears a ticking, yes, yes, yeah, um, okay, so just talking general games, things that have happened in the last sort of month or so, um games and Kickstarter bro force uh, is released on early access. On uh, Steam, and the thing is, even though it's early access, it's already a fucking fantastic game, as it as it has been for a year. So it's kind of in stark contrast to um, Mercenary Kings, which has recently released in full on Steam, and, and indeed Deed was uh, given away on the PS4, which is about the right price for it, I would say, given away because it's not good. It's it's it's. You look at it in screenshots and you think, well, this looks like it's going to be a really fun action-packed shooter, and not is, is the art is the art by Robert Paul Robertson, yeah. Paul Robertson. That's yeah, it. yeah, he's the guy who did the, um... oh shit, the bed <laughs> that uh, somebody versus the world Scott, Scott Pilgrim. Pilgrim yes. Yeah, he did. There was a beat 'em up <laughs> on Pierce Four, which equally I didn't think much of. I have a funny, I, I don't know if it's his fault because I wonder if it is where it's his animations are kind of getting in the way of the gameplay, where he insists that, oh, no, when you when you jump, you crouch, and then you jump. Now, that sucks well, for I games. Mean, does he have a, any say in the actual game design? Yeah, but if he's drawn the animation like that, and here's the animation, you will use this animation. But surely it's it up it to the, the designer to say, well, stop drawing your animation like that. Well, yeah, but some people are, you know, they're a force of personality. I mean, this is utter speculation. Some might say character assassination. <laughs> um, uh, libel, even. Um, but, Where's Mark? when yeah. we need him. Yeah, yeah. Well, this was. The- I hear what this is what Mark said. Yeah, this was what this was. Yeah, I tell you what, Mark said that Paul <laughs> Robertson was a. C-t. Um, he was just like, oh, that guy is such a. C-t. That's all all he said. At the, that's why we had to delete it secretly, <laughs> because his only contribution to the podcast last month was to slander everyone involved in it, <laughs> and then he did a poo on my couch. <laughs> Fact. Um, it'll be a nice surprise <laughs> for him when he listens to this. Us revealing about him doing a poo on my couch. <laughs> um, anyway, so the point is, uh, Broforce, really, really good, although it'll it's not Broforce. complete. Um, and they've, uh, and they've teased, like, Ripley is going to be another character and awesome alien based levels. It's just really, really good, um, for a, for what is effectively a really sort of dumb shooter. Um, and Mercenary Kings has been released and continues to suck balls. Um, yeah 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 basically that's it uh also another thing that uh that popped up now a month ago is kiro blaster pixels new game uh which is which looks i think looks charming mark i, I seem to recall thought the artwork looked terrible and he actually did this time yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah this yeah. is yeah actually, that's funny <laughs> enough. For you. no no because he, he really did genuinely call paul robertson a <laughs> as well um <laughs> we should do these without him more often um and uh yeah, so so yeah, it's but it looks it looks incredibly old school. It almost looks like a sort of a, a Commodore sort of level graphic. Yeah, I think it's, it's more Art era of retro than marks Yeah, yes, definitely. So. Um, and but it looks like a great fun uh, shooter. But they've also re- released like a little prequel to it called Pink Room. Uh, it's actually called Pink Hour, not Pink Room. I got mixed up because I was at a lap dancing joint last night. Um, which is uh, yeah, which is already out. But I don't, I don't know how much they're going to be charging for Kiro Blaster. But whatever it is, I, I expect I'll pay for it. Because it'll be nice to play a good pixel game for once. Because Cave Story was great, and then everything else he did was shit. Um, up until hopefully Kiro Blaster. Did you? I mean, did you think that Echachan game, that one with the little squid, was any good? Uh, no, but then again, I I didn't really like Cave Story. <laughs> <laughs> Get out. <laughs> I mean, it was okay, but not as much as everyone says. Was it the floaty controls that did it for you? Because a lot of people have... It's weird. I remember playing um, the game that Arthur Lee was doing, and and uh, The Underside, which, uh, sadly, I suspect will never happen now. And everyone was like, oh, it's just Cave Story ripoff. But it had much tighter controls, and it was weird playing that and then going back to Cave Story. It was like, fucking hell, this is like playing in treacle. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't mind the controls so much, but, I mean, it was all the story and things... Did, did you not find the story charming? No. No. Really? I mean, the characters were quite good, actually. Yeah. I'll give him that. That's all, I'm surprised it had quite thought... charming characters in it. But... but but what they said you found offensive. <laughs> not offensive, but a bit mediocre. Okay. To be fair, English isn't my first language. I'm, and I'm not going to say it's an awful game. I, I, I played it all the way through. So yeah. It must have held my attention somewhat. Well, you say all the way through, you didn't do the hell level, did you? No, no, yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, you're not mad. It's <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Um, okay, cool. So that's that's out. Um, another one that uh, that caught my eye, which you haven't seen much about elsewhere, was Monsters and Monocles. I'm pretty sure I saw this only... The Ig, um, NeoGAF have a fantastic thread they do every month, which uh, lists uh, all the sort of indie games that have caught their eye. Are you giving away your sources here? Yeah. Well, I used to just steal from uh indie games uh, blog, <laughs> uh, but now there's so many places that you can steal from. Um, but Monsters and Monocles has like a... Re- it's, it's basically a top-down procedurally generated um twin stick shooter. Um, but not like single room, it's kind of roaming around a big sort of spooky mansion with ghosts and stuff and it just looks really charming. Really vibrant pixel art but with, you know, transparency effects and things like that on top. And it looks it looks a blast. Um there's I mean there's very little to see of it so far, but I'm really that looks like it could be an awful lot of fun. Is it procedurally generated? I believe so. Well randomly generated. It seems to me, it seems like randomly generated and procedurally generated seem to, there's a little bit of a kind of, well, you know, which is it? I think procedural kind of indicates, I don't know, a little bit more thoughts to it than a lot of method to it. Yeah, than than it generally has. I mean, I would say just because you can connect a start room and an end room via a sequence of rooms, it's not really, you're not doing anything particularly clever procedural there, are you? It's not like you're building a whole world. And, you know, like, you know, there's that, that sub... Is it uh, Aquanautica or Subnautica or something like that? And they're uh, apparently, like, the creatures in it are procedurally sort of generated, you know, uh, so that it, it, all the creatures look weirdly unique each time. That, to me, that's kind of... That's more impressive than just stringing a bunch of levels together, a bunch of rooms. Oh, this room's got doors on the left and the right that so we can use <laughs> it here. Uh, that's not to denigrate Spelunky, because it's still one of the greatest games ever. Oh, <laughs> um, I thought you were doing Binding of Life. Oh no! Well, yeah, I suppose <laughs> Binding of Isaac. I just think is a terrible shooter, anyway. Yes, I think I just just an incredibly bland feeling combat. It only ever gets fun when you've got a shit ton of bonuses, uh, so you know the, the combat becomes a little bit more kind of gratifying. That that's kind of it's it's not really good enough that it's shit when it's vanilla. Um, yeah, so I'm not looking forward to the. Well, I'm kind of in some ways I'm looking forward to this this sixteen bit you know reboot. What's it called again? Um, Binding of Isaac. Yeah, no, but he's, <laughs> he's got like a subtitle, I'm sure. Has it really? Yeah. But I, th- but I don't think it's been written in like really crappy flash code this time. So I think it's actually... I think he's got a, a programmer into. to... Yeah. Oh, you're saying that Florian Himsel or whatever his name is. Oh, right. Isn't... Did he not do it? I thought he did it himself. I thought it was Florian who helped. Oh, right. I don't know. Well, anyway. Apologies. The <laughs> point is, I think it, it will actually run at something north of 12 frames per second uh, on this occasion, which may, may help a bit, but... I don't know. Just firing in four directions in that kind of game, I find really, un- just really tedious. It's like you know, Smash TV. You could fire in like sixteen directions, and that's a that's a game from nineteen eighty nine or whatever. Why? Why? It it doesn't feel like. It doesn't feel like it. That's like an interesting aspect of the gameplay. It just feels like a a, a crappy limitation to me. Um, although you know, so I don't know why we're discussing that game anyway. It's <laughs> Not even a thing that's happened recently. <laughs> um, Kickstarters that I've seen, uh, Chaos Reborn has made its money. Thankfully, last time we recorded this, it hadn't. No. Now it has. And uh, for a moment, was looking. Oh yeah, three days from the end, it only had 150 of 180 done. But th- these things, they always do. You know, it's Your the start of the At the end, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's th- It's like it's a, It's like it's like that nice sort of movement curve that you see in games. <laughs> um, but uh, it's done 210, which I th- may have unlocked one of the. Um oh, was the, call its unlocks oh, Was the stretch goal. stretch goals there were going to be some stretch goals i don't know, i don't know if it did one or not i I funny feeling it was like forty five grand on top of the basic amount before i didn't, I didn't even see stretch goals right well uh, I, well that kind of shows how late in the day that it actually made its money uh, well to be honest uh, as as soon as I saw Julian gollop and Chaos. I, I was I was clicking on the buy. Have money. Well, <laughs> that, that's the weird thing about stretch goals. Sometimes you see these kickstarters that start off, and you know they're on a thousand pounds of fifty grand, and they've already got their stretch goals all the way up to a million. And it's like, oh, for <laughs> fuck's sake! I mean, don't. I think that I think that's probably possibly an error because I think if you see that, it's like, well, how little of the game are we actually getting for fifty grand? Yeah, I think it's it's kind of a foolish thing to even think about stretch goals at that point. Oh, uh, we have the money. Oh gosh, what a surprise! Here, stretch goals. That's kind of the right attitude. And, we all, and you some, grant of, about some it. of them are ridiculous, anyway. Yeah. So, well, I mean, another one that actually, I mean, has Elysia's popped up onto Kickstarter recently, and that's made his money in the first uh, two days. That was asking, I think, for sixty thousand. And and it's it's at least eighty at the moment, and he's been introducing stretch goals, and they're things like New Game Plus, which I suppose is kind of that's quite a sensible stretch goal in that it doesn't you know break the initial game, it just adds you know some unique enemies and stuff to a. Second but will game he be round. able to deliver that on time? Well, I think, I think you push the date with stretch goals. I think there is that acknowledgement that if you want extra stuff, it's going to take extra time. Because the, the whole point is, he's been making that game for but about then five the years. There's to be people who backed it at the beginning who were expecting a, a game in a few months' time. Yeah, but no, I don't think anyone realistically backs a, uh, a Kickstarter these days and expects it to ship on time. Because none of the <laughs> fucking things do. It's ridiculous. Um, but his but one, because he's been working on it for about five years and full time for the last two years and uh, he's just realized that it's never going to get bloody done unless he gets some some help on board and so that's what this this money for to to point out what it is if you haven't seen it it's it's a, a a beautiful looking sort of 2D action rpg platformer um which which I thought looked really charming until you showed me that video yeah it's watch the kickstarter video one it's got a terrible voiceover, which i'm going to play a bit of now there's an island in the sky named oster and all it lies a village of wizards named Prinia. Many years ago, the wizards took the power of the island for themselves, and so the spirit of light cursed them never to have children again. And I think you'll agree, it sounds sounds like on it sounds like in South Park when they're trying to do like a, a mock earnest voiceover, uh, Trey or Matt or one of them. Uh, it just really, for Christ's sake, if you just hire an actor. I mean, obviously, it hasn't hurt him because he's made his money. But um but at the end of the Kickstarter video, it's there's just an obscenely gory moment that just seems completely out of place. And then a bit of live action, which is like yeah, what Actually, which is even more out of yeah, place. This is a game with pixels in it. What's live action doing in there? That's it's quite quite odd, but not odd enough to dissuade people from throwing money at him, including myself. I've I've I went up with the, I think the twenty five dollar tier, cause I want the um I want to see it, you know, the early access version of it. So but it looks, it looks it looks beautiful, and the gameplay looks good. It looks really sort of tight-controlled, in stark contrast to, say, Mercenary Kings, which is awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably worth mentioning that again. Although the weird thing is, um, there's a bit of footage you released... Um, oh, shit. It's called Chaos and Something. Um, their next game, Tribute Games, the people who made Mercenary Kings, which is quite bad, um, their next game is called Chaos Something or Other. Um, I'll dub it in. And... <laughs> It's a, it's a single screen sort of em up where waves of enemies come in from the side or sort of spawn on screen. Looks really great. Looks really responsive. Looks like like good fun. Beautiful lo-fi graphics that look sort of Game Boy Advance sort of level and that sort of resolution. You let's like see if that belch comes through, shall we? <laughs> fucking hell! It's like they built an underground route under my it, fucking house. It was house. A sausage belch. So really, it was your fault. My generosity <laughs> once again kiboshes me. Um, but anyway, that that looks really good. Um, so, it, you know, it, it, I, this is another one of these things that makes me say... Yeah, but to be fair, Mercenary Kings did look good. Oh, it looked good. Yeah. But it played like crap. But, I, I, you, but you could even tell from the, the footage early on, I think, that it wasn't going to play terribly well. You know, the whole shooting in four directions thing. And it just really kind of, when you jump, oh, I'm going to crouch first and then I'm going to jump. So that, you know, I'm actually jumping about 0.25 of a second after you asked me to. Just, ugh, horrible. Whereas this doesn't appear to have any of that. It appears very immediate. So, and you know, the first game they did, the um, Orb one, whatever it was called, it was basically a um, game. That was pretty good. You know, that was that was perfectly all right. Uh, orb, in, yeah. Oh, was that it was, then? Yeah. Ah, oh, right. And that was all right, wasn't it? It was. It was. You know, it was perfectly. inoffensive. That was okay. Yeah? It was okay. It was nothing spectacular. But uh, but this definitely looks like um this this new one looks like a um a step up from like I say the. Terrible mercenary kings. And the thing that I couldn't remember there was Curses and Chaos. Curses and Chaos. Um, yes. The other, there's another couple of Kickstarters which um, have are really struggling, and, and were indeed struggling uh, two weeks ago, obviously, uh, which was Death in Candlewood, which is like a first-person sort of... It looks like sort of an open-world first-person shooter with lots of kind of... I think it's inspired by Poe, apparently, um... Edgar Allan, not one of the Teletubbies, I should <laughs> point out. Although, there's an interesting game, actually. Yeah. Poe the Horror Game. Yeah, I would watch that. Just, you know, just some sort of psycho killer version of the Teletubbies. But um, that's that's made 10 of 60 grand and only has 13 days to go. And um looks quite sort of slick. There's some frame rate issues with the footage they show. And I'm a bit worried that they think 60 grand is going to pay for their whole team to finish it. Because, yeah, because they show quite a sizable team. Yeah, they showed, there's at least three or four people, plus the person doing the terrible voiceover, um, which is an, just, I think it's one of these things, Kickstarter. Maybe it's in the rules, you have to have a shitty voiceover. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I just worry that even if they make 60 grand, they have massively underestimated the cost, because 5% obviously goes straight to Kickstarter, then there's any physical rewards. So yeah, I I, I don't know that that's going to make it, uh, which is a pity, because it looks looks quite interesting at the moment. Actually, speaking of terrible Kickstarters, just to mention one, uh, my friend Mark Werrick pointed out one called uh, Console Wars, uh, which is a beat-em-up where consoles fight in the... Oh, I saw that. (laughs) Yeah, and... But the best thing is that uh, the the voiceover is, I think he's got like a really... And really Northern last to do the voiceover. And one of the... What is console words? <laughs> which just, just amused me. What's so special about console words? Which is basically racist, but I don't care. <laughs> um That looks terrible. Um We're not having a shit starter section this month, so I'll just mention it in passing. But the one that really surprises me was Tom Sparks in Quakes of Ruin, which is an incredibly slick-looking uh, twin-stick shooter, which is I, I played the demo of. It's really quite good fun, and has a, a brilliant uh, theme tune that plays when you complete the demo, which is copyright baiting uh, par excellence. It's definitely worth playing the demo just to complete it. Um, but it's only made two of 50 grand. It's only got 12 days to go, and I don't understand it because it's incredibly slick looking. They just must have the worst publicity in the world, because I've seen utter shit make more money than this ad on Kickstarter. I think possibly even that Realms of Goldesia, the hatefully sexist one, I think that possibly made more. Uh, and they were asking for a ridiculous sum of money, as well as being hateful sexists. Again, Mark's words, not mine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, right, so uh, the other thing that actually we all went to um, last month, because uh, it w- was that long ago now, was EGX Resd in uh, in Birmingham at the uh, the, the the NEC... Which is where food goes to die, because the food there is so fucking awful. Oh, I didn't eat there. Did you not? No. Actually I had some chip. I had some of Marks chips, and they were slightly better this year. But generally, the cafeterias—it's—it's. It's, I don't know. It's—it's it's where you go if you've failed everywhere else. I suspect because <laughs> the, the food is bloody awful. But there was a bunch of interesting stuff there. I thought, um, such as alien isolation. That was kind of the big thing, and and because it's obviously a spooky game, um, or shit em up as I like to say. Um, they had it, it had its own little sort of cut off demo pod where you could, you could enjoy the game without, um, you know, being, I don't want to say interfered with. That's not the, <laughs> possibly not the phrase I'm looking for. and um, without being distracted by external influences and all the noise of the show floor. And there was a lot of noise because those c- playing Titanfall were cheering like fucking idiots. Um, but anyway, so it's, you know, it's a first person. Um, ooh, scary, scary, but it's, it, it's. I think it's one of these ones that's really sort of showing the mechanics of how these things lack replay in the, until the alien appears, you're completely safe. You know, oh, a scary thing ran past the window, Oh, there was noise from overhead. And 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 that, to, it, they totally worked with me the first time through, but I just know, because it's such a, a really linear narrative, it seems to have, that next time it's not going to work at all. Now, when the alien does show up, it's quite impressive because it does, it sort of stalks around randomly and uses the motion detector to try and see where it is. And because of the sort of the pipes and stuff like that in the sort of the world, it blends in a little bit. So sometimes it's a little bit, oh, is that the alien? No, it's just some, some pipes, which obviously is something they did in the film as well, the original alien. Um, so it's working and it's quite spooky, but it just, I, I worry that we're getting to saturation point with this genre because the amount of these games that are coming out. Um, where all they seek to do is go, ooh, scary, because I think it's a, like a really easy thing to do. I think sound effects, door slamming, things like that. It's kind of they're doing all the tropes that horror films did, and which are played out in the horror film space. Um, but in video games, it's still kind of fresh because they haven't. You know, it's only recently we. We've kind of discovered this genre because Amnesia did so fucking gangbusters. And I think with the Oculus Rift as well, we're going to get even more of them. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 but once again, it will refresh them, and they will become utterly terrifying once more. But but I just think you know, once you've played them once, you I, I like games for replay. I like games where you know experimentation shows new things. And a lot of these don't seem to have that. I mean, I'll just, just go through a list of these forthcoming sort of you know, here's a torch, here's some darkness, here's some loud noises, now fuck off, we'll scare you for five hours, games. Like Among the Sleep, the one where you're a baby, that's that one. Uh, Monstrum, that one appears to be, you know, uh, a torch in a spooky house. Daylight, um, that's the one with, uh, it's a mobile house, house? a mobile phone, uh, and that's randomly generated. So that's got a procedural generation thing, and the idea is you replay it multiple times and therefore see more of the story, but again, eh, I don't know. At least that maybe has like a short game time. But I just I I don't know um, uh, Draugen or Draugen that's another one Anola that was another one that was at the show floor Soma which is sci-fi but again uh, but that's being done by the Amnesia guy so everyone's looking forward to that again called Lethe Leith, I think which is kind of got um, that's got like uh, the sort of uh, portal gravity gun kind of aspect of the gameplay folded in with the the, the shit em up aspect of it uh, Solarix which is a sci-fi one. Uh, caffeine sci-fi again. Um, yeah, uh, but that appears to have, you know, some kind of sort of system shock to sort of elements to it as well, which looks like it might be interesting. Um, uh, routine, the sci-fi one that uh, I think, again, that might have some procedural elements. That looks that looks interesting. There's The Forest, which is uh, at least trying to do a bit of new. That's got a bit of Minecraft in it. And there's already been Outlast and Amnesia 1 and 2. So it just seems that it's a really a really oversubscribe genre it seems like everyone's jumped on top of it because of the perceived ease of it and i suspect a lot of these are going to fail when people see that it is just literally torch loud noises Ooh, did you see that thing run past that window yes yes i did <laughs> um yeah so yeah I, I do wonder about the physics actually i played a half-life mod which i think i mentioned a couple of podcasts back which uh was uh, basically one of these type of games and and very effective um you know, but i just i kind of been there done that i think i don't you know unless they, unless they offer something new like ones like the forest or routine um then i, I don't know that i'm going to be asked with them ever again um i think i'm kind of done with their genre. it's like i i got burnt out on on, on japanese style rpgs i played you know just like two in a row and it was like oh fuck this random battles bollocks <laughs> um yeah, so so that was a that, so alien isolation is you know it's good, but I wonder how they're going to maintain that for the full length of it if you're just hiding from the damn thing all the time. The key bindings did show a reload button on it and a melee attack button, which indicate that maybe something else happens in terms of maybe there's like Wayland Utani people that you'll be going up against or whatever. There'll be some humans possibly because it is I think they are committing to the one alien uh, thing of it. So, but hopefully, yeah, or there'll be a bit of variety because, as it stands, it was an effective demo and, and scary in that, but I uh, can't see me playing it for any sort of longer, really. So that was a little bit uh, disappointing. Uh, Hollow Mammy Two was there again, exactly the same demo as last year, um, but without the dodgy bit at the start <laughs> with with the fat man doing the rape. Um, so they obviously listened to Cara uh, Ellison and uh, removed that. Um, but they, they released a new trailer of that, which shows some cool new stuff. uh, but everyone thought, oh, it's got multiplayer now, cause it shows a bit with two characters. But it turns out it's one character, but that you control both at the same time, which seems a bit odd. But, um, that looks ace. It's got like combat roles and, and, and all sorts of new sort of gameplay elements, like the, um, the shooting with two guns at once. Which reminded me of that, that Hong Kong massacre thing that, that someone, they did a trailer for recently. Which again, it looks like an absolute ripoff of Hotline Miami, except with John Woo slow down all over the place. I don't think I saw that. Have you not? It's it's kind yeah. of it. It makes it makes the gore in Hotline Miami look restrained, uh, <laughs> which is to say something. Because just people just evaporating into clouds of blood, um, just like in that half orth Alicia video. Actually, yes. um, <laughs> it's really worth just for that moment. It's like what the fuck? This is a cute pixely game. <laughs> um, so Hotline uh, a uh, Tiny Keep, which is being done by our friend Fee who's part of the indie... Yeah, full uh, disclosure. Though. Yeah, full disclosure. <laughs> it, it's being done by uh, someone who's in the indie drinks group that we have, uh, and therefore we will not be mentioning any of the multitude of negative aspects of the game. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> that, that Mark pointed out. In yeah, that. That was, <laughs> honestly, Andy said that Fee was a <laughs> <laughs> I think that's worth mentioning. We're going to have to do a lot of bleeping this time. <laughs> Um no but that was it. That's uh, that's like a top down sort of um uh, hack and slash sort of dungeon crawl kind of game. Um, but with lots and loads of physics. What I really liked was there was physics on all the objects, so you were like barging through tables and stuff like that. Yeah. Um I felt the the combat felt a little bit sluggish as it stands, like when you went for a hit, you'd see him wind up and then hit, and that kind of harmed it a bit. Now admittedly, I mean Dark Souls two has kind of that in that, you know, there's there's a bit of delay but I think with Dark Souls too, it, it's it's all about dealing with enemies one on one, and so there's more strategy, and you you sort of take that into account. Whereas a lot of this is about crowds of mobs, um, in uh, in Tiny Keep. But I, you know, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed leading the enemies onto like traps in order to kill loads of them. So that was quite fun. But one of the I mean, one of the things that uh, you you pointed out was that on the Kickstarter video, it showed all these like AI things where you'd you'd see how like an enemy that was injured would go off and find another enemy and sort of take him bring him round to where you were yeah but that's one of the things you can only appreciate when you have like a big overview, don't you? Yeah, and the certain enemies were supposed to not like each other and things like that, so you lead one enemy into another and then they'd fight each other and things like that. I did see a bit of that. Yeah, because there there were bits where skeletons were having barnies with like those Viking-looking dudes. I love that in games. I love enemies that fight each other Mm. in games. So there was a bit of that, but it didn't seem like I was leading them into that. It was just that they were spawning off-screen and getting into a Barney. So it just gave me a little bit of a sort of breathing space. I think possibly the, the nature of the demo was you know it's kind of throwing everything at you in a short time escape and that was that was just for the demo for REST and that the actual game will be somewhat more different uh, with uh, more different good english graham um somewhat sounds good to me <laughs> somewhat more different thank you <laughs> um whereby there'll be slightly more sort of Planned levels, and you'll be able to, you know, formulate strategies and actually use the enemies against each other. Or at least I hope so, because I think that will be a much more interesting thing. I like the uh, the idea of, you know, turning enemies against each other and just, you know, picking up the stragglers. Um, but that was, I mean, that was looking really promising. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the bad things there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, completely great. And we're not just saying that because he is part of it, <laughs> and it will be fucking awkward <laughs> if we didn't uh, when we see him next. Because um, w- you know, I like to think. I've got more principles of that I mean on a personal level, I think he's an awful person, and I imagine that he kills kittens see <laughs> see so i'm not just I'm not just saying things to ingratiate myself and avoid awkwardness because fee definitely kills kittens um <laughs> is that not, that's allowed right i don't I'm not sure where I stand legally with that uh, uh yes you you paid that I didn't. I, I played a lot of that. I have on the Vita. Mm-hmm. So which means it's out. <laughs> oh. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the, a um, This, this just in Luft was released. I I believe so, some yeah. some ago, okay. 2 months ago. <laughs> Fuck. But um, it's a, a a very arcadey game. It's a 2D side-on um dog fighting game would we call it? Yes, although not in the Michael Vick sense of dog fighting I should point out, no actual canines. Oh right, it was like the footballer who bred dogs and had them attack ah. each other. No, I did not know that. No, although it was published by Devolver, and I would not put that past them uh, to have a game involving actual dogfighting. Oh, also Mark tells us. Yeah, Mark does because he he he's he's in with them and <laughs> probably got a game where Fee stamps on kittens' heads coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this might be the last one. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, tell us about Um Yeah, it's um, it's a very uh, energetic game. Um, lots of screen shake. Um, s- hundreds of enemies going on. Screen shake. Ooh, who wrote this? Flamber. Yes. Oh, yeah. There we go. <laughs> so, yeah, it, well, it'd have to have screen shake, wouldn't it? It's the law. Um, but yeah, it's a oh, it's a, it's a lovely game, and it's it's one of those that each each game you play. Can, well, it can last seconds, but like in general, it won't be more than a few minutes. Hmm. Um, but you just want to uh, immediately start it again. It would be right at home in an 80s arcade. What is it that kind of makes you want to start the game? For, for me, in games, it's I'm seeing something new. Does it keep on introducing new elements? Uh, there are, well, as long as you can keep improving, yes, you do keep seeing uh, new stuff. Um, until, effectively, you've seen it all. Hmm. Um, but... Um, I don't know because it it never seems to play the same each time because um, you combine different parts of your plane mm. to play it in different ways. Um, so there's like a, a super fast engine, or there's an engine that lets you go underwater and things like that. So um, it, with the different combinations of plane you can create, um, it plays actually very differently each time. So I mean, if you if you select random parts each yeah. time, each time you play. Um, before you even play, you don't even know how you're going to be playing the game. You can't formulate a plan. It's very in the moment. So. That's nice because that's that's one of the things about um, um, Broforce. In that, you know, as you as you unlock new characters, you'll have to randomly play them all the time, yeah. and that that keeps it very much fresh. Plus, you get random music in luftrazers, don't you? Where the music is generated. Yeah, depending at, on how your plane is made up. Yes, yeah. so which is quite a nice nice idea. Although I, to be honest, I haven't noticed. Although I'm too concentrating on all the enemies coming at me to be <laughs> taking in the music. Mm. So, but good. Uh, very good, yes. Yes, I've played a lot of it. How many Daves out of five? Uh, well, considering Dave likes awful games as well, it's oh, yeah, not very a very good metric. That's a good point, actually. <laughs> so five Daves out of yeah. five, but also you'd give that to that frog game that was on the Ooyah. Oh, that was awful, awesome. Fucking awful. Um, not a Hero is one of the other that I actually saw, which has been getting quite a bit of buzz, which is by the guys who did Ollie Ollie, the skateboarding game. And it's uh, effectively... Um, about a dude infiltrating buildings and sliding between cover and shooting people, and that appears to be it. So that's all I'm going to say on the matter. The controls I found a little bit sticky, actually, um, uh, a little bit awkward. I think they need to a bit of refining on that. But that seems like quite a nice idea. It seems it feels a bit like Rolling Thunder meets um. Was it Gunpoint, the game where you rewired buildings? Yes. I mean, the aesthetic is very, very sort of Gunpoint in that it's that kind of yeah. cross view of a building and, you know, you go in one door and then it slides up and you appear out of another door stuff. Which, uh, so that, that looks, um, that looks quite interesting, but it was quite early on at the show. I think they've shown it at PAX and actually the footage looks a little bit, a little bit further on. So they've obviously been, you know, there's obviously beavering away on it quite a bit. So, um, but that's, um, yeah, that's, uh, that looks, uh, good, I think. But um, it's very early. But it's getting a lot of buzz, isn't it? I've, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I've that, seen a lot of uh, talk about it on Twitter. I think the whole sliding into cover thing is reminding people of that um, Shinji Mikami game on The uh, the Platinum Games one that I can't remember. Yeah, obviously Vanquish is the title I am groping for madly there. Idiot. The fuck. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much... So much of my brain is Swiss-cheesed. I'll tell you what, getting old sucks. Kill yourself at 30. Um, that's my... But don't actually do that on our say-so. Yeah, no. Uh, don't mention us in the suicide letter, but, but by all means, you know, do actually kill yourself. Uh, Field Collection once again was at rest, which was good, but this time they decided uh, to actually allow people to breathe while they were in there. Yes. More as than opposed to, the- uh, you know, making... A- Although I, I don't see why the corridor's inward-facing and why they don't have the games on the outside. I think it's because they've got all the livery saying, Sega sponsors the blah blah and you wouldn't look at it otherwise, would you? Yeah, but you don't look at it anyway because you're on the inside of it. I know, but as you're wandering past, you see it, when you see all the people who are exhausted and they're sort of leaning against it and they accidentally push one of the walls over <laughs> it's so flimsily constructed... <laughs> Um, but the left field question was there, which is basically where uh, people who can't afford the uh, disgraceful prices that are charged for having demo pods at EGX, um, they uh, they sort of send their game over and then, say, get bankroll it, effectively. Yeah. It's um, EG- so curated. Yeah, yeah, it's curated by, I mean, Eurogamer do the choosing, I imagine, don't they? Uh, yeah, isn't it David Haywood? Does it? I don't know. Who's David Haywood? No. Uh... He, um, he does the open arcade at Game City. Oh, okay, right. So, I think, uh, I mean, I don't think it's just him individually, I think it's his. Because he, he curates, uh, game events, doesn't he? Right, right, okay. But the, the point is that they don't have to go there and they can hand draw their own, um, uh, advertisement for it on the back wall which is like a really nice touch because some people put, you know, they've got loads of posters and other people just go in there with a sharpie and do something really bad and I'd probably immediately regret it. Um, <laughs> but there were some interesting games there. Orbitalis was there that we mentioned earlier which had a unique controller where yes. effectively you had rotational control of it but also you could so it's like a steering wheel, almost, that you controlled with one hand, but you could also push it in and out yeah. to control... Was that power, was that? Yes, or that was the power, yeah. and then the angle was to turn the steering wheel. Yeah, and, and it looked, there was a button on it. It looked really fucking fiddly, if I'm honest. I did not try it, but... um. Yeah, it's it's much easier to play the game with the mouse. Yeah. And it is a great game, Yeah. which yes. is out on Steam Early Access. Yeah, how much is it on Steam Early Access? It's really cheap. Um, It's actually on offer as well. I think it was... It was about one pound fifty or one pound fifteen or something like that. Okay, well, I mean because it's quite a slight game, so that's that's you know even if it's two pounds full, oh, of lack, he, that's he, exactly the price. Yeah, he's added tons to it as well though. Oh really? What yeah, sort of yeah. stuff? Uh, well, more like levels, more complicated mechanics, you know, of the the different planets and things like that. So. Right. Okay, that's good. That's good because it was you know it was quite a compelling little game. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, former eight was there. Uh, that was uh, some sort of silhouette side-on physics nonsense. Yeah, it was a side-on physics, which I thought I was going to like, because I like side on physics, as we found out with Mushroom 11. Yes. But um, it just played too slow. It was was that floaty, kind of really slow physics. Right, right, right. And um, there wasn't much to it, because I I completed what they had there, and they said that was pretty much it. But it's already signed up for all the consoles, which I'm not... Too well, sure how now, that how, happens? Well, they say signed up, because it seems to me that any can say, hey, coming to Wii U and PS4, um, just by dint of making... No, no, the the proper uh, signed up and... What, with a publisher in that? Yeah. Okay, well, that must have happened very recently to the show, because otherwise you'd think they'd ever stand there with the actual publisher. Well, I, I don't know. They've, well, they've already got another game. I can't remember what game it is. Um, but they've already got another game that's ready to go. Okay, And it's with the same people. But it, it, it was definitely in the, um, signed up for them all mall, though. No, really? But it, it seemed really odd. It must be on the basis of the previous game, is all I can think. Okay. but Because um, this didn't do much for you. There, there was a kernel of a, a good idea in there, in that you, you would drop these mines that floated, hmm. uh, and then you had a, a power to knock them in a direction, and you could use that to um, blow up walls and things like that, and hmm. enemies and such like that. So it, there was... It looked like there was interesting mechanics in there, but um, it it was just too slow and ponderous, and in that sense, uh, there was nothing to see mm. whilst you were being slow and ponderous. So, it it might turn out uh, to be a good game, but at the moment, it's just it's just not there. Okay, well, you know that's I mean, Leftfield does have some stuff that is painfully early in it, so yes. I mean that's biome. <laughs> yeah buy Was it. it wasn't even a game it was just like a thing where you, you effectively an isometric sort of like little cross section of world and you, you tapped on things and it, it, you'd, you'd get more of those things like if you yeah. tapped on the water, more water tapped on a mountain, more mountain and other bits would spring up like grass and say so, oh I'd love more grass so you tap on the grass and that's about it So, um, but you know that's what left field's for it's for odd little odds and sods things that I wouldn't give the time of fucking day to <laughs> Uh, Fracto SC was there, but wasn't working, which is because you really wanted to play that, didn't you? I think Mark wanted to play it more than me. Oh, was it? Okay. Um, I know I didn't, so I assumed that someone else did. Yeah, no, I wanted to have a go of it, yeah. but... Um, the sound wasn't working, and the whole game's about sound, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Um, I, I got stuck on bits, hmm. like... I mean, the the avatar in the game got stuck on things. Mm. Not that I was puzzled by things. Yeah. Um, but it, it and it, it yeah, it just wasn't. And there was no one there to to explain what was going on either, or to say, oh yeah, that's that's all broken. So for all I know, all that broken stuff could actually be part of the game. Yeah. Well, so it might suck, but it might be all right. We just don't know. Uh, Salvaged, uh, which also has a Kickstarter actually at the moment. I think they made about. 10 grand of 125 they're asking for salvage was quite an interesting one in that it required a tablet um and so you'd have a monitor uh and on, the, on the monitor you would see through the eyes of these four sort of um uh, you know um commandos in a sci-fi sort of setting and then you on the top on the 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 tablet you'd be seeing a top-down view and you would basically tap on them and control where they go um, and, uh, it was all sort of over Bluetooth. So, the, you know, it, it didn't do anything. You didn't require any special hardware, particularly to sync it up. And it was quite a nice idea because it reminded me of the old, um, game Captive, which was a first person dungeon crawl. We had four robots. But, um, it's, it, technically, it was, uh, perhaps it was being surrounded by all the other computers and things like that. But it was a little bit shonky, the actual sort of co- cooperation between the tablet and the computer. And it was really early on. I think they'd been working on it for about five weeks at that point. Yeah, they said five weeks. Yeah, so it hadn't, there wasn't really much in the way of gameplay. It was, to, you to know, be honest, for five weeks, it looked good for five weeks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, well, it really reminded me of the, the Warhammer 40k um, Space Hulk game on the PS1 and the PC. It reminded me of that an awful lot because yeah. y- your your actual units were quite autonomous. If if an enemy was near them, they would shoot at it, um, and so it was it was really about sort of you know telling them to cover you know these corners. But it's really early on, so it might might turn into something very interesting. Um, as it, as it stands, it was an interesting technical exercise, but yeah, yeah. A th- little more. And they were they were saying they, they wanted it to be very important to be focusing on both screens. Yeah, because um, th- most of the controls was on the uh, iPad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which. In a sense, you could play the whole game through that, but then they wanted elements where you had to uh, yeah. you had to be looking at the main screen, yeah, so the idea of like certain maybe um like at the moment it shows you where like ammo pickups and things are on the the on the bottom screen, but they wanted it so that you could only see them on the top screen, so you would have to sort of somehow correlate where that was. Um, on the actual uh, bottom screen, and and you know go over and pick it up, which sounds like it might be a bit of a mind fuck, but you know it's, the game would be the perfect fit for the Wii U, um, you know as a as a Wii U download. Type yeah, thing. I think I think that's that's probably where they got the idea for it from. I, I would not be even slightly surprised if that were the case. So that was that was interesting. Um, I I don't know about the Kickstarter. It Seems very early. I mean, if they've only been working on it for two months, really. I like it when Kickstarters where it's like we just need to finish this game off. We just need to do that last ten percent. This seems yeah. like we we, we need, need the to money do... to bring in someone to polish it and things like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Whereas they seem to need the money to make the game. In, uh, so I don't know. That's that's not my especially kind of if they're like. an unknown quantity. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it, it, like I say, interesting technical exercise, but no proof that it's going to be a good game. Uh, Super Pinata Pro, you played that? Ah, oh, great fun. Everyone should get it. What's it about? Uh, you can it's, probably guess from the title. Yeah, well, it's a it's a you have to hit a piñata. Okay. Basically, it. but the the idea was uh, for the developer was um, to have a beat 'em up game mm. where you didn't hit each other. So the the in the sense you have to hit the piñata to break open the piñata. Yeah. But it's only the last hit that's important. Right. So um, you have to do the tactic of hitting the piñata to keep it away from your opponent um to um get that last hit or to jump in at the last moment to get that hit. Mm. So you you get the moves and tactics from that which are similar to a beat 'em up, I suppose. Um but you can still hit each other though. Yeah, which I thought was odd when he when he said it was the idea was not to hit each other, but you can hit each other and it has a game effect as well. Mm. It stuns the player. Yeah. So I think I think he, he I would have liked him not to have had that bit in. Right. Um if that was his premise. Um, but yeah, it was. I thought it was great fun. It's really really nice, garish, low sort of. Yeah, it graphics. would be right at home on the Ouya. I, yeah, I will say that. So, so there you are. <laughs> so take take Dave's recommendation with a big pinch of salt. <laughs> uh, a dangerously large pinch of salt. <laughs> Definitely more than the six grams a day that you're recommended to have. Um, it was a good game, though. I yeah. had fun. It did look, it did look like Darth I played, Thumb. Yeah. I played several games of it. Yeah. Which is but more it, than I can say for most of the games at left field. Yeah. But, it, I mean, it definitely is a party game. I can't see it having any kind of oh, yes, outside of that. Oh, yes, Yeah. That did um, go good as a four-player, actually. Hmm? It would have gone good as a four-player. Think it might get a bit chaotic? Then we the point. Okay. Okay, fair enough. Um, uh, the arc was there another... That, again, uh, full disclosure by someone that we know from... <laughs> uh indie drinks uh, and that uh, but that was like a, a platform based on sort of a, a circular sort of world where um you uh you're like a jumping ball because you can't draw uh i'm guessing and uh, but the point is you can do multiple jumps in the air and so some but you'd also whilst you're jumping you could pick up these little sort of pills that would effectively recharge your ability to jump in the air and so sometimes you would have to sort of jump around the side of things picking up these things in order to continue jumping so it's quite sort of i've it was kind of super meat boyish except i found it much more approachable because it didn't seem quite so hell belt hell kidding you. yeah yeah and i quite i enjoyed it but i I breezed through the demo in about 15 minutes and there was you know there was like 30 levels in that demo he's really early on in it yes yes absolutely so and, and the combat side of it I don't think particularly worked. I found I found it a bit fuzzy in terms of aiming at an enemy. Yeah, I agree. And you that. jump into them to hit them basically. When you're moving fast you hurt them. And that didn't feel very um satisfying at all. That might just be like an audio visual thing where it's a case of, you know, knocking them away and having particles and sounds will make that a lot more satisfying. But as it stands it was eh um the, the combat. But you know, as a platform it was I I quite enjoyed it. But um I, 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 I just wonder what he's going to do in order to make it last enough levels. Cause, cause as it stands, it, it was an interesting distraction for, you know, that 15 minutes, but it would need to start doing lots of new things for me to continue playing. Uh, but he did look, cause there was a few points in it that he looked like he had extra mechanics planned, mm. but they weren't in yet. So. Yeah. But again, it was quite early on, as you yeah. say. So uh, we'll see how that one comes. But that was uh, that was interesting looking. Although the logo of the arc doesn't, you can't read doesn't read like arc at all. it's, yeah, it's, it's like a, the uppercase A, lowercase R, uppercase C kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. But it's all done via just uh, effectively triangle shapes, and yeah. it just yeah, it's I don't know. I don't like these unreadable logos. They like people who have ambigrams and things like that. It just annoys me. <laughs> Just saying. Uh You do know I've got one game that has an ambergram as it its name. <laughs> really? <laughs> which one? Uh, it's called Not I. Which I know is not an ambergram, but the way it's written is. Okay, what game was what that? Which game was that? Not it's, I. it's it's the what game are... that, that can be played both ways up. So. Oh, was that the one with the pearly noise generated worlds and Ye- the black and white one? Yes. That you gave up on? Uh, no, I've actually got a version out. That was a remake of it for the iPod. Oh right. Oh okay. So it wasn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> Did but didn't to be honest, none of my games are. So it's not true at all. Hackslash Slash Loot, very very successful. You know, coming out on iPad at some point soon. Uh, very soon, hopefully. Yeah, probably so. before this podcast goes out. <laughs> oh, fuck you. <laughs> but also yes. <laughs> Uh, three body problem, that was another one at left field that was, uh, I think Eurogamer named as one of their favourites of the show which was just uh, really simple in that you're, you're a, a blob moving around, a square blob and you have to pick up these other blobs that appear whilst two other blobs home in on you uh, with, yeah, like, is... with gravity, that's it, this whole game yep. you can write it yourself now um, as basic a game as you could get I suppose yeah, uh, you just have to avoid the two homing blobs it sounds really simple yeah, I mean, like there was there was aspects that they bounced off each other. So if they um, crossed paths, they would bounce away, and that was actually quite a useful tactic. Hmm. Um, where you if you could line them up to bounce off, they'd bounce away, and because their velocity was going away from you, gave you some time to get past them and things like that. Hmm. So I mean, there was some tactics to it, but I mean, it was as basic a game as you could get. But how long did you play it for? I played it quite a while. Yeah. Well, there you are. I mean, if it, if it's kind of compelling whilst being basic, then you know that's that's great. Well, it's that frustrating, compelling in that like you you last a couple of seconds, you're like, oh, it's so simple, I should be able to do this. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. Um, try was there that you didn't particularly like because you didn't feel that the puzzles were. It wasn't. It. I didn't like it. I don't know where he's going to go with it. Yeah. So I mean, hopefully he'll prove me wrong, but it. I, didn't seem like the puzzles could go anywhere. Yeah, to explain what it is, effectively it's a first person puzzle game where you can create polygons between, like, uh, effectively between any points in the world and therefore create new platforms. There are limitations, obviously. Um, but, uh, I found, I found it, I, I quite liked it because it's kind of, it allows you to sort of, explore spaces in a weird way because you you orient to these platforms that you create and therefore you if you create like a a, a curve of them going up a wall then step off it then your that wall will become your ground I think and that felt sort- did it do that oh no do you know what No, know you, you know while you're stood on them so while you're stood on the platforms you create they're effectively your gravitational base and then you'd step off and then you'd fall yeah sorry back into the world's gravity and that allowed you to sort of you know look at spaces in a different way so I found that quite interesting. Plus, it does loads of things with portals, whereby um, you know rooms can coexist in the same location, uh, depending on which way you approach them from, uh, which is quite weird, which uh, I quite liked. Um, so I- I'm interested to see more of that, but um, but not everyone's a cup of tea, apparently. <laughs> Uh, and that kind of brings us to, I suppose, the last bit, which is to talk a little bit about uh, proper games that I've completed uh, and or, or Dave's uh, played, um, But although Dave's only played one of these with us. Um, so I'm going to rattle through these so as not to bore Dave. <laughs> Dark Souls 2, it's dead good. Some of the areas are a little bit fillery, so that's that covered. Thief, <laughs> movement feels good. Story's fucking awful. Levels don't give you enough freedom. But, you know, uh, there's one level that feels a bit like a thief, proper Thief one. But yeah, so that's Thief. Uh, Escape Goat too. It's more of the same, uh, with a few new ideas. Uh, much nicer looking uh, than Escape Goat. Puzzle platformer, very good. Not very expensive on Steam. I think it's about seven pounds. I'd say that's absolutely worth uh getting, uh if you can get it nice and cheap like that. Um, and Tower of All Ascension, which we all played, um, when we recorded the original version of this podcast that actually recorded. Fucking hell! I hope that this one did, because otherwise I'm killing this podcast. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> This, ironically, will be the last one, even though it never comes out. Um, <laughs> but Tata Full Ascension, we really enjoyed that. That's the platform arrow shooting one. Yeah, uh, arena local multiplayer. Yeah, yeah, like single screener. And uh, that was... I really, really enjoyed that a lot, mainly because I was the one who was best at it, which, <laughs> which uh, frustrated Mark no end, because Mark was not as good as me. Dave was the worst, obviously, comfortably. Always. Uh, always. Although you did win one, and that's when you wanted to declare that we should stop playing it, so you would be but reigning didn't. champion. We didn't. Uh, so, uh, sadly, you lost that. But I've actually been playing... What really impressed me about it was that the single-player content is actually really good. And effectively, what he's done is he's he's thought of it like almost like Bubble bubble in that it's like a single-screen sort of... Um, platform sort of challenge game so enemies will spawn in and you have to kill them and then more enemies come in and then you have multiple waves and it's just really sort of compelling because he really hasn't scrimped it's not like he's just taken the player sprites and recolored them to make them into enemies you know there's lots of nice new enemies with interesting you know movement patterns and behaviors he's actually done a really really solid job in expanding it and making well i mean the actual you can play that in one or two player, but I found it really enjoyable as one player content. Plus, there's all the one player challenges where you have like these straw men, and you have to kill them as fast as possible. And there are like gold times and stuff like that. Um, so, uh, considering, un- unlike you know, like um, Nidhog, which was crap, um, even as a multiplayer game, um, and like Samurai Gun, brilliant, brilliant multiplayer game. Um, I can't imagine that it's any fun in single player. I don't even even I don't know if there even is a single player component to it actually. Yeah, I think it's the same as uh is it with, fall where it, I think it, enemies just keep spawning. Oh, really? what is it, well, are they bots or are they like, are they like proper enemies? Uh, I have no idea. Okay, well I'll, I'll look I will I have played it. Yeah, don't remember. I <laughs> prefer the multiplayer much. Yeah, well the multiplayer is really really good. I I can't imagine that it would work so well as single <laughs> player. Oh, for Christ's sake, Dave! You're, if that's come through, Dave, I'm going to burn your phone. <laughs> Is that your missus? It's going to be your missus, isn't probably. it? Probably. Yeah? Is it? Yeah. No, okay. You can have to go. No. Okay. Well, to be fair, we've almost done anyway. But the important thing to She's take in Burnley. This... I don't have to go anywhere. <laughs> what, what does that mean? She's in Burnley. She's not even at home. so... Where's... Oh, right. I, don't I forget where you do, You're in Salford area ish. Yeah. That's it. Burnley. She's taking lessons in being a racist. Why are they racist in Burnley? Apparently. This is what I hear. Now, obviously, I am being racist by saying that. <laughs> I'm being placist, if anything. Um, I've been to Burnley. and uh, there There is nobody there. It's all just run down and boarded up. Oh, is it? Yeah. Why is she there, then? Uh, she knows someone there. Okay. Well, that sounds mysterious. It's not that mysterious. <laughs> I guess it's just it's, a friend. <laughs> okay, fair enough. It's not exactly fit for a podcast discussion, is it? Uh, I'm keeping it in, though, because uh, this one's going to be running a bit short. So... <laughs> But anyway, Towerful Ascension, uh, it's got good one-player content. That's the important thing to take away from it. Uh, and I think that, that covers everything I wanted to discuss. Is there anything else that you want to discuss, Dave? No, I think that's the lot. Should we see if it's recorded? Should we? <laughs> well, I'm just going to just gonna check if it's recorded. Ah. Well, yeah. Hey, you know what? We've done an hour, Dave. Really? Yeah, we've done an hour. Excellent. That's good, because it was uh, two hours and 20 minutes. It was fucking awful. Yeah, so, yeah that must mean... Mark talked for an hour and twenty minutes. And Mark the is the problem, really. <laughs> I think we've we've mentioned this. Uh so that's it. Right, cheers much Lee. Uh see you next time. Bye. B- bye bye.